1: On this episode of Awesome Etiquette, we hear your questions on being the best host, the appropriate use of Reply All, not hosting for the holidays, stealing invitation thunder, and dealing with group texting. All that plus a PostScript segment on positive non-committal responses coming up.
0: Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and is proud to be a part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning from the Emily Post Institute.
1: I got nothing. I got nothing going on in my life. I got nothing to report. I got no interesting etiquette scenario that happened recently. Nonsense. So you <laughs> got to bring something to the table today, I don't buddy.
0: believe you, <laughs> I, but I feel the gray day. All right. I've got them. I just don't want to share them. What have you got? I had a really interesting etiquette situation that occurred on Monday.
1: Oh really? Let me etiquette expert finds himself in etiquette situation.
0: Although it was funny, I was I was an absolute bystander and I watched how it was handled, and I was so impressed. And um, I thought I'd share it with everyone. <laughs> <clears throat> So I'm going to go back in time a little bit. The story begins with me playing with Raju, our, our new little pup, and as I was running around the yard, I wiped out hard and managed oh, we to- we are
1: going to tell this story. Sprain
0: my thumb quite badly. So You I was, had a
1: cast.
0: I was injured. It was half cast, and it's feeling much better now. For how Thank much you, fun everyone. was
1: it telling people, oh, I bit it chasing my three-pound dog? I,
0: He's, he's at least five pounds, okay? And, and definitely, so it was fun. Every time I told people what happened, I got a due version of the story that I should be telling. Everyone's like, oh, you, come on, you were saving children from a burning school bus. You rescued. A... Anyway, um, the point of the story is not my broken thumb, but that my broken thumb held me up for a little bit. And there was a dance class that Pooja and I have really been wanting to take together. And she was intrepid. She went and, and started the class on her own while I still couldn't go. So she'd been to the first couple of weeks of classes, and this was the first week where I was really well enough that I could, I could go. Okay. So it's the third session of the class. It meets every other week, and I show up with Pooj, and the person who's teaching the class is a good old friend of mine. She's a, a dancer here in the Vermont community, someone I met almost 10 years ago. We've had a lot of experience dancing together. Nice. Um, The awkward part of the situation was there I am showing up for class number three and another person in the class, another regular attendee had brought two friends. And the woman who was instructing the class had to tell them that she was not allowing more people to enter the class. And there I was, a new person standing there entering the class. So she was uh, in the position of enforcing a double standard. The, The rule for the class was that you had to Attend all of them because the material would build on itself. But you
1: hadn't attended all of them. Okay. I I'm had with not
0: attended. We were two people in the identical situations. We knew people who were in the classes. But no, pur-
1: different situations. You know the instructor and have danced for the past 20 years. Had a lot
0: of experience with her. And yeah. Pooja had been talking to her saying, you know, Dan's at home. He's injured. He's so disappointed that he can't be here. So
1: I would say you <clears> had kind of a placeholder in the class I, a little
0: bit. I did. But these other newcomers also had someone who'd been there already who was the friend who was vouching for them but i listened to the way the the class instructor talked to them and she went over and she Explain. she communicated so well. She's like, you know, th- there is someone else that I'm letting do this, but I've got to tell you, I have a long experience in history with that person and I, and I knew why. that they wanted to be here. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? And maybe we can get to know each other a little better and maybe the similar situation. Well, it absolutely didn't. They were absolute newcomers to the forum. She didn't want to jump back two weeks they and start again at contact, the beginning.
1: Dance. Okay.
0: They, they, they They weren't as familiar right. and it would have taken more time to get them up to speed and she held her ground. And But I really appreciated her willingness to talk to them, to explain the reasoning behind the decision be that she was making, yeah. to be honest. It was considerate of their uh, perspective that they're standing there not knowing any of that. Yeah. And to their eyes, this could have looked like a really unfair situation. And anyway, it, it – Struck me as potentially awkward. I felt just like that hint of awkwardness, standing there, being that person, realizing that that the person they were talking about was me. And as I started to feel awkward, I started to appreciate more and more how well she was handling it. And did you
1: also feel just a little bit proud of the fact that you got in and and someone else
0: didn't? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice when that velvet rope parts and 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 you enter the club. <laughs> um, and I'm certainly excited to be dancing again.
1: Shall we get to some of our listener questions?
0: <laughs> we shall. Perhaps you can help me with a problem. I'd like your advice, Jim. My advice? Yes, I've got quite a serious problem. On each and every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. Our first question today is about hosting and is titled, drinks at my place. Please. Can one host too much? Hi, Lizzie and Dan. My boyfriend and I are in our mid 20s. We love having guests over for cocktail parties and casual dinners fairly frequently. We have a lot of fun playing host, and everyone always has a great time. We much prefer having people over than we do going to our friends' houses. While our friends are all wonderful people, most of them aren't the best hosts. I don't want to come off as pretentious because it's not an issue of taste not matching up. Rather, when we go to our friends' houses, there's usually no food, not much to drink outside of what we bring. And when there are groups of people that aren't well acquainted, people are just left to their own devices, and it's awkward. Our friends all have many redeeming qualities, but hosting is not one of them. My boyfriend and I see an easy fix by trying to have most get-togethers at our place. Are we being inconsiderate? Are there better solutions than just sitting through evenings kind of hungry, a little thirsty, and rather bored? (laughs) Sincerely, drinks at my place, please.
1: I love it. <laughs> I love anyone who's like out there trying to be a great hostess. Um I think it's really it's really tough sometimes especially at this age when a lot of folks um, are getting their first job. So often, you know, the classic, like, struggling young 20s, you don't always have the money to host. Hosting is expensive. But I like the fact that these two really love doing it. They find ways to make it work for them and their budgets and their house and everything. And they really put, it, put, put on a good party when their friends come over. Mm-hmm. I had actually recently heard someone describe uh, Grace Potter as putting on a good hang. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's great, as opposed to putting on a
0: good spread or
1: doing something like that. She puts on a good hang.
0: I like that. Yeah. In an increasingly casual and informal world, sometimes that informality starts to stray into that we lack all direction territory. Right. And combating that is is um, a task for a new generation to take <laughs> on. <laughs>
1: I think that what you should do is concern yourself with your hosting. And you keep doing the wonderful job that you're doing. And don't worry so much that your friends might be a little behind the ball or not not as mature, not as developed in their hosting as you are. Um, you can always do things like go out for some pizza before you go over to your friend's house. That way you're not sitting around hungry. Um you know, ask them if they want to do something. I mean, it is their job as the host to do this. But a lot of people, when they just ask their friends to come hang out, they really aren't expecting to do any entertaining. I think there's a big difference. So um, I think your friends are it sounds like they're still in that just come hang out stage where you all get together and just watch some TV or the game or something like that. But I think it's okay for you to be throwing the types of parties that you throw and just accept that when you go to their house, it's going to be different. I have friends that host that I've never once seen them do anything other than a potluck. Mm-hmm. And I've just learned to recognize that when I'm going to their house, I'm going to be bringing part of that dinner myself, and that's okay.
0: <laughs> You're doing everything right here. Yeah. <laughs> You're modeling the behavior that you want to see. There's really, like Lisa, there's no way to stop anyone else from hosting, but you don't necessarily have to participate. If you <laughs> if you really don't anticipate it being a good time, you can show up enough to reciprocate the invitation. invitation. Yep. But you don't don't feel compelled to stay longer than you want or to go to a lot of those affairs if you really do find them to be boring or not to your liking.
1: If you show up and you haven't done the pizza before thing and there really is no food and you're there from like seven o'clock, you know, and you don't know when sort of the end time is, I would just say, hey, you know, boyfriend and I are going to go grab some dinner somewhere. And and I think that that's a fine exit strategy, too, if the night is really like that. But we hope that that helps. And we truly hope that your friends start hosting like you do, because it sounds like your parties are a lot of fun. Our next question is an office classic. Hello, Lizzie and Daniel. I really enjoy your podcasts. I have a business etiquette question. Is there a way to politely tell someone to stop replying all? I have a coworker who constantly replies all. For example, thanks, Dan, is sent to Dan plus six other people on the CC line. This practice clogs up our inboxes and is just super annoying. Any thoughts? Regards. Get me off the copy list.
0: Well, GMOTCL.
1: OTCL. <laughs> yeah, that um, does work. There,
0: there, there are a couple of thoughts that occur when you bring up your question. And the first is that this is an email etiquette classic, that communication etiquette changes very quickly. And maybe 10 years ago when my Uncle Peter started our business etiquette seminar program, email communication etiquette was one of the most soft content modules. People were so frustrated with informal use of email, incorrect use of email, um, really downright inappropriate uses of business email. Um this was one of those uh, areas that has, has over 10 years become more and more codified. People understand standards around email communication better and better. At the same time, there are certain things that continue to come up, and this is one of them. There needs to be a continual reeducation that goes on about correct use of reply versus reply all. So the the, the big picture concept to keep in mind is one that's implicit in your question, and that's that in today's world of constant communication – part of uh, having good courtesy in that environment is not spamming people, not giving people a lot of information, whether it's text messages, emails, voicemails, about stuff that isn't going to matter to them. In fact, one of the, the tasks that professionals face Every day is sorting through all of the information that's in front of them and figuring out what's important, what's important to respond to, what's important to digest even. And anything that you can do to um, edit and curate your stream and the information that you're sending to other people is going to be much appreciated.
1: So can she actually ask or he – I'm not sure because it was regards G-M-O-O. Um, T-C-L. Can you actually ask somebody to stop doing that? It
0: depends. This is one where you have to look at the relationship. It depends on who that person is and what your relationship is to them. Um, If they're a colleague who you get along well with, you might be able just to mention something to them. You know, everybody doesn't need to see the acknowledgement of the thanks that you sent. Um,
1: I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) I know. It's absolutely ridiculous when you say it out loud. Uh, If it was my boss, I might. Not give them a correction in quite the same way. If it was someone who reported to me, I would give that correction, but I would do it with a, a bit of an explanation. Maybe a short form version of the one that I just gave Um, so that you were uh, turning, turning the the correction also into a teaching moment. Um, So how I I did it would depend on that relationship. One of my
1: favorites is the the sneaky make it everybody's problem thing. And that's the that you get whoever kind of leads staff meetings or something mm -hmm. like that to make a notice and just say, hey, guys, notice that there's a lot of reply alls that are going out that don't need to be sent to everyone on the list. If if the issue has been dealt with and now you're kind of one-on-one with someone, take it to a separate list and, and send your thanks, send your info that you need to, but you don't have to keep hitting reply all.
0: Absolutely. Some people bring us into their organization to deliver to this message.
1: Gosh, is that what our business etiquette seminars
0: are? <laughs> um, But it really is. It's it's an issue that matters to people and particularly in big companies where there are a lot of group messages that are moving around. um, The bigger the list, the more you want to think before you hit reply all to it. And really, anytime there's more than three people on it, you want to be intentional about asking yourself, is my reply really for everybody? And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's important and appropriate to do that. But if it's not, just hit reply instead. Our next question is titled, not home for the holidays. Hello, Lizzie and Dan. Thanks for the awesome podcast. I look forward to it every week. I have a holiday question for you. I am an introvert and find the holiday season very stressful. I love my family, but they are a very opinionated bunch that often feels their perspective is the best point of view. So I spend my holidays being talked over and feeling pressured to agree because they feel so strongly about a given subject. I know they mean well, giving advice and voicing their viewpoints, but often it is not asked for. During the holidays, I tend to enjoy being a guest, not a host, and find I need some space or the ability to exit the evening before my stress gets the better of me and I cry. I have never volunteered to host a holiday at my own home for this reason, but have found myself now in a pickle. My family has been constantly on the move over the years, all over the state. My home is now located at the center point of everyone's current permanent residence. My siblings were talking and decided I should host Christmas this year. I received an email informing me that Christmas was going to be at my house. What a great idea, she exclaimed in the email. When I tried to explain to my mom why I did not want to host and having it at their house, the tradition was wonderful. By saying I'd rather not host a big gathering, I find it stressful. She said it's just us, the family, and she became offended. Now, as family chatter goes, everyone is already mad at me. I felt it was rude for my siblings to not ask me first. Am I in the wrong to feel that way? This year is already a mess. Can you please supply me with some sample language that will help my family understand for future holidays that I only want to be a guest?
1: Oh, I'm just – I am so sorry that your family has both done this to you and then made you feel bad about it because it's like – They don't understand that to you it's a very different experience than it is for them. For them, it's everybody's gathering, we're so easy, we're so this, we're so that. And to you, it's no, this is really stressful for me. This isn't fun. This isn't enjoyable when I have to be responsible
0: for it all as the host. And this is a classic holiday paradox that it's meant to be a time of joy and closeness and togetherness. And for so, so many people, you are not an outlier. It is also a time where the stress mounts and people feel that social pressure and they feel it for all kinds of reasons it's um, not unnatural and really uh, quite common so take take some heart in that for sure
1: you're not alone that being said I think um, you, you I noticed, that you asked specifically for things to do in the future and not ways to tackle this and i think that that's smart to just take take it this year that you it's kind of the way things fell and next year you can at least put a buffer up and say you know this really it, this was difficult for me and i would really rather come and and be a guest At at the holidays.
0: I I like that forward thinking approach. I think you also might be able to talk to some family members um, offline, privately, and ask for help with the things that you anticipate being stresses. I, I agree with Lizzie 100% that um, you're probably down the road of being the host this year. Uh, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to back out of that effectively, but you definitely might be able to plan some quiet time and some alone time for yourself, even as a host during that event, during that time. Um You might be able to to enlist an ally, somebody that's going to help alleviate some of that stress, maybe play a co-host role with you even though it's at your home. They can really assume some of those responsibilities that a host often assumes that, that might be difficult for you this particular time.
1: I think Dan's right. I think that for this year, the best thing that you can do is prepare yourself. um, And, you know, they've given you the responsibility to host and everyone has their own hosting style and you're allowed to ask people for help. So if I were you for this year, I would delegate and I would find ways to take some of the pressure off hosting by delegating and say so since it's going to be at my house this year. I would like everyone to bring a dish. I think that would be the best way to manage the food. Here are the different categories. Please pick a dish that would fit in that category and let me know what you decide. I think doing things like that help you feel a little more in control when all of this has been put upon you. For the future, however, I would make it clear that while this is what happened this year, I would speak to your mother, not in a group message, not in a group email, but face-to-face and say, Mom... I really, truly love getting to spend the holidays with my family. However, for me, hosting is something I'm not comfortable doing. So I would be so excited if next year we could do hosting at someone else's house. And I think that's the kind of conversation that you can have a couple months after the holidays or even sometime around August or September as we're starting to go into the holidays and people are trying to make their plans. If people do have to travel from afar, consider that something that you might want to talk about in June or something like that. But just looking ahead, it's okay to broach that subject and it's okay to say that you're not comfortable with it. Um, I think emphasizing to your mom how much you love spending the holidays with everyone is going to help her to not feel offended the way she did when you reacted to it this year. Good luck, and we really hope that it's successful planning and that the holiday itself is enjoyable for you. Our next question is titled, You Stole My Invite. We are flying into Atlanta to visit our son for one night. We wanted to invite his girlfriend of a few years and her parents to dinner out. When we did, they accepted but they offered to host us at their home instead. My husband and I are wondering if that would be bad etiquette to accept and show up to eat there when originally the plan was to meet and treat
0: them. it's huh. so, a an interesting point of etiquette. I know. And it's
1: one I, – I read this and I thought, I've seen that happen a ton of times where people the flip time. an invitation.
0: And I – I think it, to me it makes perfect sense in this particular situation. I think the important thing here is that everybody's trying to meet everybody. Get and together, yeah. The folks that are local are are um are doing their best to be hospitable, and it would seem that that would be the the appropriate and nice thing to do. I'm sure that's how they were thinking about it. Um, I don't think there would be anything wrong with accepting their. Acceptance invitation. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I, I don't think that would be a bad social courtesy. But the, what I'm starting to wonder as sort of the, the curious point of etiquette is, is it – would it be awkward for you to insist on the acceptance of the original if that made you more comfortable and – to me, that would sound a little bit awkward. Like full, uh, yeah. like pushy. Exactly. No, yeah. we'd, we'd love to have dinner. We'd rather not come to your house. Would you please meet us? Right. Unless there was a real reason for that. Unless maybe they live in the area, but it's an hour outside the city. It really doesn't work for you. I mean, I, I think this is one where the practicality and the logistics of the, the, the decision really start to come into play in terms of how you might respond. But it is a curious point of etiquette that, that when you issue an invitation – this person has replied almost appropriately with an invitation of their own. Right. Um, and, and that definitely opens up the range of possibilities in front of both of you. So I would say pr- proceed with um, candor and honesty and also the same goodwill that initiated this whole exchange to begin with, that, that really the intent here is to get everybody together. Um,
1: I say go to the house. Enjoy the dinner. Bring him a great hostess gift.
0: Absolutely. And if anybody out there has any thoughts about responding to an invitation with an invitation of your own, I, I'd be curious to hear it because this is definitely a, a, a curious hook.
1: I think that it works in this situation.
0: I do, too. Because,
1: they're like you said, they're outside visitors coming to town. There was no outreach made to them. Therefore, they did the outreach of saying, we would love to treat you. And instead, they got back the reply of, Wait, you're coming to town. Why don't we host you and have dinner at our house? And I think that that's actually—I think that works. I kind of do too. I think it works, and I think it was the right thing for them to do to offer in the in the first place, not as a way to create that sort of bait and switch that happened, but absolutely to do it as yep. a friendly gesture. I think that that was that that's really wonderful. Yeah, no good invi- hostess gift, and they're good to go.
0: No invitation stolen. Proceed. <laughs> yeah. Our next question deals with group text drama. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. I absolutely love your podcast. My mom and I often listen to it while driving to school, and it makes the commute much more enjoyable. I want to thank you as well as your production team for this awesome Haha, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's really cute.
0: <laughs> now, on to the question. I'm 15, and usually I really enjoy texting my friends. However, I have three friends who all know each other well, and they like to group text. In my opinion, group texting is a great way to ask questions about homework, etc., but not for personal conversations. Oftentimes, one of my friends will ask the group a question, and someone will answer. But then a lot of the time, they continue on a conversation that I am no longer involved in. This annoys me, especially when I'm trying to sleep or read. I do not like having my phone exploding with texts that do not involve me. How do I ask them politely to text each other, not in a group message? I'm nervous to say anything since this is a group of 14 to (laughs) 15-year-old girls who I'm worried might get offended if I say the wrong thing. Thank you so much, Amy.
1: Amy, I think this is a classic situation that I actually deal with this with my golf group. Big time. Like, we have about seven people on the list, on the the group text, and it goes, like, I got done my round of golf last night. There were 15 messages in the group text, and... Definitely some come in late at night when I'm asleep. So what I have actually done with that group text conversation is put it on silent. I know that when I look at my phone, I will see that there that I've got messages from that group text yep. and I can check them. But I don't wind up hearing the 15 dings and clicks and notifications going off. And I think that that's a great solution. So I love it. I'm sure that your phone allows you the ability to put that particular message chain, that particular group text on do not disturb or silent or whatever it is that your your carrier or your phone actually calls it. Um, so I say use that in terms of talking with the girls. I I think you're right to be really concerned. I think that 14, 15 year old girls, it's it's that, oh it's not a big deal at all, or oh yeah, that really bothers me too. They're either going to be in complete agreement or just think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I think the one thing that you could do is you could you can kind of start that that commiserating uh, conversation where maybe you're like, Oh, my gosh, my family sent out a group text message the other night and my cousin was doing the text thing at this that, you know, you could use it as as the same example, but with different players um, as a way of saying, like, it's great when you actually have to communicate something to the group. But once you're done talking about that, move it off the group text, right? Get their buy in. It might make them think a little bit or you could try direct directly addressing it and saying, hey, guys, I love our group text because it's so great for this, that and the other. But I was wondering if maybe when we're not talking to the whole group, if those could be text messages just between those people, because it would it would just limit the number of things I have to go through looking at in my phone. And that'd be really great.
0: I like the way you started that that with just I love the group text. Just anything that starts off by affirming and making everyone feel good and like you still want to be included i'll tell you this was a little trick i learned from you a couple weeks ago what did i do that you can silence messages within a particular text group that is so cool talk about leveraging technology to improve your life
1: so much better
0: (sighs) truly (laughs) for me it's the the baseball that creeps into the fantasy football group text
1: and you're like this is the baseball
0: playoffs i'm just (laughs) man
1: do you ever say to them hey this is football only no. Okay.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> <Yep>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Amy. Whether you're 15 or you're 30. Something old. Something rather <laughs> old. It's still a little complicated. But we truly hope that that gives you somewhere to go and a, and a solution for the problem. And thanks so much for listening.
0: And thanks to everyone for sending in your questions. And remember, we love updates. If we answered your question on the show or if you have a comment about one of our questions, feel free to send it in. You can also submit your question to Awesome Etiquette at emilypost.com. Leave a message for us on our answering machine at 802-866-0860 or send it in via Facebook or Twitter. Just use the hashtag Etiquette so we know that you want it on the show. You hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you
1: know? Today's postscript segment, I'm going to talk about a, a lovely phrase that I learned, and that is positive, non committal responses. This was totally something I, I picked up from from therapy sessions and friends and all sorts of stuff. And it's
0: a very powerful tool. It is a very
1: <clears throat> powerful tool. A po- what is a positive noncommittal response? It is something that starts out positive but doesn't commit you to anything but does make you respond to the person that you are talking to. So if Dan comes in talking to me about this idea that he's really, really excited about, and I maybe am not sure about the idea, or I'm really mad at Dan, so I don't even want to be talking to him right now, or something else is going on and I'm busy, the best thing that I can do is be positive about the fact that Dan has come to me with something, but not commit when I respond to him. So that sounds something like... I understand where you're coming from. Or, hey, that does sound like a great idea. I'd love to think about it a little bit more and talk to you later. Or, I've got to wrap this up, but I love what you, I love where your head is at with this. Can we schedule some time to think about it a little more or go over it more together?
0: Boy, I feel heard and validated.
1: <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> I know. It's really funny, but this, these are also things that can come in really handy when someone is really angry with you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when they're starting to get out of control, um, not responding not getting the hook not jumping and taking the bait at at the the elevated intensity of the conversation is a really difficult thing it's something i really struggle with and so having phrases to go to that are i hear you i want to get into that but right now i need a minute to think about it or i understand where you're coming from i'm going to need some time to process that it allows you to respond, and it gives you actual language to do it with that's kind of your go-to. And they can come in all kinds of different forms. I mean, it's, it's really whatever sounds good to you sounds natural to you, okay. but practice them. Make sure that you've got a few in your kind of back pocket ready to go.
0: I want to give that question the attention it deserves. Can I get back to you on it?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Even that where you're not praising them, but you're saying that what you're talking about is valid. I want to give that thought, that question, that idea, the attention that it deserves. Can I come back to you? Or, you know, I'm having difficulty processing this and I really want to understand where you're coming from. Can we just do it? A little bit later in the day or could we find another time to talk about it because I really want
0: to hear you. And I like your idea of really focusing on the positivity being the first thing. Thanks so much for bringing me that or uh, I've been thinking about my wedding all the time also. It's so good to know someone else is. Yes. I mean one of the places I first encountered this. Wedding is one of the big ones. It's the wedding planning. I think it's – I first heard the advice from Anna. She said give every idea – Serious consideration for three seconds or something. That people love gonna, every
1: idea for five seconds. <laughs> love every idea
0: for five seconds. That people are going to have all kinds of ideas, and ultimately, for the decision maker, it's really important to Absolutely. be able to accept and receive all that information, but also not cede the the authority to to make their choices when the time comes.
1: One of the other places we get it a lot is when we have um, something that we've written. That's then going to go and get edited by someone else. Mm -hmm. It's really hard when you've just put a lot of time into a video project or a script or an answer to a question or a column that you're writing, an article. Heck, the books that we write. There's so many things that we do that we've put a lot of time and attention into. It's really hard to have somebody else come in and just hack it to pieces. What about
0: this? What about that? Could so, you include this? Exactly.
1: <laughs> and not only that, but when – let's say it's a group. Let's say it's something for the web page or the website, our brand-new, beautiful website that we love so much. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's if someone comes in and, and you've just done a lot of work on it and they have made changes to what you've asked them to edit – you're not always sure that you're going to take all of the suggestions that they have. Now, they might have really valid reasons, but one of the best things to do in that circumstance is not just say no in the moment, but instead say, I'm going to look at all of this and absorb it, and then I'll come and get back to you. Or I will look at this, absorb it, and and we'll see what changes should be made.
0: Thanks for Thanks these edits. Thanks so
1: <laughs> much for the edits. Exactly. These are positive ways to thank a person, to appreciate them coming to the table on whatever it is you've asked them to come to the table on, but it doesn't force you to accept everything right in that moment. And you may.
0: (laughs) And you may. You might digest those comments and find that they steep and percolate in a way that really makes them delicious.
1: Yeah. And you might also have someone who really wants to see you make all of those changes in the moment. And- that's when the asking for time having that non-committal response, and it can be difficult. There are people who who hear you say, "I love your idea." they they seem they they hear it and they think that you're they, brushing them off.
0: They know the mechanism, yes, <laughs> and you
1: have to you have to let other people do this to you first of all, you have to understand when you're getting this, it's someone asking for time to absorb something and that's an okay thing just because the idea hasn't been accepted in the first 2 seconds of them hearing it doesn't mean that it won't be it doesn't mean that it's bad it doesn't mean that that you're wrong it just simply means the other person needs a minute and guess what you would probably need a minute too if it was reversed so positive non-committal responses thanks so much for doing this i'll take a look at it in just a bit thanks so much i'd love to get back to you on that what a great idea I'll definitely take it into consideration.
0: Boy, they're like magic words, aren't <laughs> they? they? Are they're like going to they're going to get you out of phrases. all kinds of situations. <laughs>
1: Hopefully. So we really hope positive non-committal responses can help you in some of your daily interactions.
0: Today's etiquette salute begins. Hello. I would like to humbly submit an etiquette salute for the podcast. I am of the age, (laughs) 30-ish, where I go to a lot of weddings during the spring and summer and fall months. As much as I would love to get thoughtful, curated gifts for each couple, I generally buy a gift from the registry for convenience. Still, sometimes it feels a little lame to get good friends a set of paring knives or a cutting board. In the past year, however, a number of my friends have started independently a really neat trend In addition to the thank you cards sent after the wedding, they are texting pictures of the actual gifts in use with a short note about how much they appreciate the gift. I can't tell you how fun it is to see a soda stream next to the seltzer it just carbonated or seeing tomatoes being sliced in real time on the cutting board I purchased. It's a real way of humanizing the click-and-buy nature of wedding registries, and it is so thoughtful of couples to take the time out of their busy lives to think of their guests and friends. Thanks for your consideration and the podcast, of which I am a faithful listener, Sarah. Sarah, that is the best etiquette, so that is such a cool, good, neat idea. Lizzie's our real wedding expert. She may have heard of this before. I certainly had not. Just
1: for gifts in general, I've heard of it. It's kids kids wearing or playing with things that grandma and grandpa have sent. Like, I see it in that a lot. I like this version.
0: I do, too. Thank you for the salute. Hopefully, we can continue to spread the word about this really neat new trend.
1: But I like the fact that they're still sending handwritten thank you notes before they send
0: the text messages. Ding, 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 ding. Well now, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness.
1: That's our show for today. As always, thank you for listening and spending some of your day with us. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.
0: And don't forget, there's no show without you, so send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, and your suggestions to AwesomeEtiquette at EmilyPost.com
1: If you like what you hear, don't be shy. Tweet it, Facebook, post it, and of course you can subscribe on iTunes, and please, please, please leave us a review.
0: On Facebook, we're the Emily Post Institute and Awesome Etiquette. On Twitter, I'm at Daniel underscore Post. And I'm at Lizzie a. Post. Or you can visit our website, emilypost.com. Brand new. (laughs) Brand new.
1: (laughs) Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner, and our show today is produced by Steve Nelson. Yay, Steve!